Hello and welcome to another episode of the Traction Podcast. I'm your host for this particular episode, Tom, and joining us today is someone who is the official Formula One esports commentator for the Challenger Series and someone who isn't that. Welcome, Justin and John. <laughs> Thank you. How are you both doing? Happy to be here. <laughs> All right, yeah, so today thanks. we're going to talk... Oh, good. That's great. Uh, today we're going to talk about <laughs> hidden gems, uh, and more specifically hidden gems within the racing game genre. So I'm going to throw John a curveball straight away and ask, uh, you know, to you, what is a hidden gem? How would you define a hidden gem? A hidden gem for me is a game that not enough people discovered relative to how good the game is. So it's a game that was maybe underappreciated or forgotten about or missed out that some people have come back to in the future uh, and turns out it's actually a really good game. So what I'm looking for here is a high quality game that maybe didn't get the sales it deserved due to its quality and just whatever reason. So that's kind of how I would describe it. Right, interesting. I think I would agree with that. But but Justin, do you think um, they have to be an old game or can they be a recent game? You know, Do you have an opinion on the age of a hidden gem? I think uh, as if it's older, then it could have been popular at its at the time, you know, and then kind of fallen off, as John said, kind of forgotten about mm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, you could have a modern hidden gem. It just has to have like a really low player base or just is it really well known uh, or something like that. Um, but I would say at this point, probably most of them are old games. You know, it's mm, hard, to, yeah, yeah. especially if you follow traction, you're going to know about every racing game that comes <laughs> out. There's not going to be any hidden gems, but the older games for sure. And especially, you know, with kids that didn't grow up putting CDs into their consoles and stuff like that, <laughs> um, they will be especially hidden for them. Right, right, right. So I hope today in this episode, and we all do that, uh, you'll discover if you're listening or watching on YouTube some games that you might not have heard of before that are really quite good, uh, underappreciated in the racing game space. But also there might be some games that you'd completely forgotten about and it jogs your memory and you go, oh, yeah, I did see a demo for that or a video for that. All right, maybe I've even played it and completely forgotten about it. And so that's that's kind of why we're doing this whole uh, topic for this podcast episode in particular. And I think what we'll do is something slightly different. So we're each going to talk about a couple of games each i'll lead with the first one if that's okay but when i say the name of the game i'd like justin and john to live google the game see if they can find it and also i think it might help if they see images of the game if it brings up some memories or if they've never heard of it then they get some instant reaction goodness and then we'll each do that for each of our games that we sort of introduce Uh, if you're listening at home on the audio version of podcast just pause you can play along or if you go to the Traction GG website on the podcast post, we'll put some images of each game that we mentioned in depth on there too. So without further ado, here's my first hidden gem. Are you ready? Ready. Who knows? Ready, John? All right, yeah, good. Right. Now, this one, this one's very difficult. I get very confused with the name of it. So not <laughs> Automobilista or Automobilista 2, which is a current game, right. but Auto, I'm going to have to read my notes, Modelista. Auto Model Easter. Yes. Stick that in your Google pipes. This, I have this heard was this. from 2002, initially on the PlayStation 2, then came a year later to the OG Xbox and the GameCube, uh, and it was by Capcom. Also, they used the base of this game to do like a semi-sequel-ish, um, but then within a year, that was this was effectively kind of the last game that Capcom ever did with cars in it, so... Very interesting aesthetic. So I don't know if you guys can see it. Am I right in saying, Tom, that this game is as much about kind of customization and developing your own kind of styles and stuff like that? Right. It looks interesting. Yeah, yeah so this is kind of like a, a weird game. It's a Japanese game. And as you can both see now, what do you think to the to the style? It's basically shell-shaded. It looks like a cartoon I've, or an anime, but with cars. I've played it before. Um, ah, okay. I didn't buy it though. I rented it right. back back ah, when good it came rentals. out, and I love the style. I absolutely love the style of it. I think it looks fantastic. In fact, it still looks fantastic looking at right. it today because it's stylized. Because it's got that exactly. almost comic book nature to it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's very comic booky, especially with the with yeah. the the stuff that comes like when you start mm. drifting. It's like Mario Kart where you get the waves coming off your wheels as you're drifting and exactly i I remember the customization was really good too i remember being disappointed by the handling i don't remember why i don't remember why exactly because this was now almost 
20 years ago at this point. So <laughs> it was a long time ago that I've been, I'm weirdly not much of a retro gamer. If something gets remastered, yeah. I'm interested, but I'm not one to go boot up a PS one yeah. or PS two console or, or install an mm. emulator or something like that. For whatever reason that that sort of thing just doesn't appeal to me. But yeah. Um, I remember really, really just being disappointed with the handling on this yeah, one. Yeah. I was so I, I hyped agree. for it. Yeah, yeah, because I think the the aesthetic is incredible, and as you say, it's timeless because it's cell shaded. Easy for me to say that. I always struggle with that, and it sort of looks like the cartoon, and that's great. It's got the really amazing uh, when you're going really quick as well. You can sort of see the wind. They have like the white lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to describe there, and. The letdown was the gameplay, and unfortunately, this is a great uh, example of how the gameplay is king, and then you need to try and build a good game around it. This this was sort of style over substance, which is a shame, but it's a hidden gem because I don't think many people uh, bought it, played it, and I and I feel like there's potential to to bring it back with some nice nice physics. I mean, it'll never happen. Cap comes out of the game; they, they own the license probably, but someone could do uh, a similar style of game, and I think John. Even though it's very different, we've seen like a renaissance of some of the more cutesy stylized games. Like I think you've been playing Art of Rally recently. It's very different to this, but it shows that there's scope for some different looks. Absolutely. I think that it's something I've never really considered before is designing a game that that might have looked really modern and and really up to date Mm. at the time. But because of the style they've picked, it's actually timeless. And people would choose to design a game like that now, even with, you know, modern capabilities of design. I've never really thought about it, but... I wonder if that's inspiration for some, you know, new game makers to think, okay, if these graphics are going to look rubbish in 10 years or 20 years, I mean, we all think, how could Mm. these get any better? But they will, undoubtedly will. And I think that that's maybe a way around that, you know, trying to go for something that's a little bit more of a style of its time and has a little bit more of that cartoony feel to it, especially if it's like an arcade game, because then you're going to make it more timeless, as you guys have been saying. I think it looks awesome. It kind of gives me Gran Turismo vibes. Maybe that's just the year. Um, Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, I, I think it's really, really nice. I love that kind of anime style as well. I think a lot of the cars in this game are like Japanese cars, and it's it's a lot about mm-hmm. tuning and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got an interesting point about that. Because to try and make it successful in America, you might appreciate this, Justin, they added one oval track and the Dodge Viper to the cover of the game. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, I that didn't Dodge work. <laughs> yeah, no, it did not work. But yeah, the thing is, it was very initial D in the yeah. in the lineup of cars you know with like evos and rx7s and sylvias and the sort of stuff that you would expect to see in initial d and it made it really really good i really really enjoyed the car selection and that sort of stuff and yeah. it really reminds me uh the cell shading the look of it it reminds me a lot of borderlands um the looter oh shooter. yeah that's a good point um yeah, 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 which is also cell shaded. Um, was recently remastered for 4K, I think, or something yep. along those yeah, lines. Yeah, 4K yeah. textures, um, and it lo- it looks incredible. And I don't think too much effort went into it, honestly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think a, a real case can be made. And I don't think it needs, I don't think it needs much in terms of um, the gameplay. I think it just needs to be arcade. Like I wouldn't try to make it work with a wheel. I would make it controller yeah. only. Um, and I would make it handle very, you know, like, I don't know, really arcadey, like way more grip yeah. than you, than, you know, taking way more speed through corners than, than you should be able to. Um, but otherwise just leave it unchanged. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I remember liking the music, the menu system was even really good. Everything about it. The problem was as soon as it said, go, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't kind of arcadey to drive with. It was almost trying to be a Gran Turismo. Yes, uh, it was. It, which, which you both mentioned, and which is correct. So it had like the car upgrades. One thing it had better than Gran Turismo was it had a lot more visual um, upgrades to the car in terms of like spoilers and wings and splitters, kind of yes. like a Need for Speed. Uh, but it also had a real-life toge road that they use which is yep. weird so they actually made a real road that's in japan you can drive around lots of fictional stuff uh, but there was also suzuka in there the actual track um and cool. so really it was just tonally a bit weird with that but I, I just i just love the sort of vibe so anyway that that's the first one auto modelista not mobilista it's two words let's not, let's not get that it's, it's two words space modelista yeah, yeah absolutely thank god for autocorrect and google's suggest- search suggestions <laughs> you can find it there uh, but anyway, that, that's the first one. So now I'm going to switch across to someone else's going to have a little ramble. I'm going to get my device ready here. And I'm going to go Justin. 
I think you might okay. have a hidden gem for us that we've maybe we've neither of us heard of. We'll find out soon. What is it? Um, I've actually got one that's kind of related to that loosely. Oh. Um, so I'm actually going to go with that since that's a nice segue. Um, and when I say loosely, I mean mainly the car lineup actually is very right. similar in this Ooh. game. And it is Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero. Specifically, now Extreme oh. is spelled without the E at the start. So it's Tokyo Space, oh, yeah. the letter X, <laughs> T-R-E-M-E. Oh, I wonder why Racer. anyone would just use the letter X in a word instead of the proper spelling. I mean, that's just <laughs> such a crazy idea. <laughs> Uh, it came out in 2001. Um, yours came out in 2002, which I think ah, shows yeah, our formative years. Yeah, <laughs> I think it really reveals our age it's right there. Age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it came out in 2001. I was oh, 16 cool. at the time. I was really into PC gaming at the time. I think that's right around the time I was getting into Unreal Tournament and uh, Diablo, Diablo 2 specifically. Um, right. And so like, I was really heavily it's into like uh, my PC gaming. Uh, no, not at all. But uh, this was one of the few games that kept me playing on uh, console. It was one of the oh, things that brought, you know, kept me coming back because it wasn't available on PC. It was a, uh, I want to say a PS2 exclusive. I don't think it was available mm, on any other like consoles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, specifically Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero. Um, I've played yeah. other Tokyo Extreme Racer games, but Zero was the one that captured me the most. It really felt like the highway racing version of, of Gran Turismo. Um, right. you know, if you're so in Gran street, Turismo, it? yeah, yeah, it's well, not just street, it's all on highways in particular. Right. Um, okay. so, so it's very high speed. So it's you know, one of those things like rolling starts at hundred kph, um, you know, and it's one v one battles for the most part. Oh, it's been so long since I played it, but yeah, it's almost entirely one v one and traffic is huge obviously traffic is a big part right. of it you only drive with traffic though if i remember correctly you can't drive into oncoming traffic so it's not like a burnout game or a need for speed hot pursuit or something like that um you're very limited to just the correct side of the road which is yeah. the left side um but it's through tokyo so you get these cityscapes and these lit up bridges and it's always at night it's always at night i mean uh, okay it's, yeah, I don't think it's ever during the daytime. You've got to do your illegal activities under the cloak of darkness. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it's got the um, the upgrade kind of system that Gran Turismo has, oh, first of interesting. all. Um, so it's got that kind of customized, and it's got that great career mode, that feeling of progression where you start off with some terrible, woeful, sad car that's just absolutely terrible, and you upgrade it. Just because, you know, you want to get rid of it faster, essentially, you know, you want to just get the thing faster, upgrade it, and then replace it and never look at it ever again. And it, it's very similar to Gran Turismo in that sort of respect, I think. Um, oh, cool. But it 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 was uh, really heavy as well in terms of the, the physics. Um, the cars were pretty, you know, heavy feeling, moving from lane to lane and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, really high speed. I think there was a Viper nice. in that one, too. Which makes Probably, me wonder if Japan, sales. yeah, or 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 Japan has some sort of like obsession with the Dodge Viper, which is cool with me. It's yeah, like maybe. a top five car for me. It's one of my favorite cars of all time. So I'm actually no, looking no at it. It now. says there's 165 cars in the game. That's a what? huge car list. I don't think they're official. Mm -hmm. I think it's unofficial versions. Um, I sound like an expert. Thank you, Google. But um, uh, it's, have you played it? Before, it I loved. I have not played it before. No, um, I love the fact there's an NSX on the front cover. You know what it reminds me yeah. of, though? Talking about that kind of era, and it's called Tokyo Extreme Racer, which instantly made me think of city driving and racing. Yeah. And it reminds me of a game I used to play uh, called uh, London Racer. I think it was London oh, Racer. I've heard of that. Uh, and I, yeah, it's probably the equivalent of what I played when I was younger. But basically with London Racer, um, it was a similar kind of thing. You start in a rubbish little car, maybe a Mini, uh, which isn't rubbish, but it was a really rubbish in terms of speed <laughs> compared to everything else. And I think you could develop your way through. I can't perfectly remember it, but it kind of gave me the similar vibes. You only ever raced around the streets of London. And I loved that game when I was younger. I don't think I've what actually it, played London Racer, <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> but yeah, that is sort of like the the British... Tokyo Extreme Racer. Yeah, they're not they, as they cool just, though, is it? Um, well, so speaking of Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero, is so cool that it's actually yeah. being revived, um, not no. by the people that made the game, uh, which was oh, right. it was like Crave, I think it was. Um, they yeah, made a number of like a games that I really liked. Japanese. 
Publish House. Genki. Was it, it, wasn't like it was also it was developed oh. by Genki as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, another very popular Japanese in the PS1, PS2 era uh, developer. But um, so there's something called the Shutoku Rival Revival Project. Shutoku Revival Project. Um, I understand got, why I had to read that out now from your uh, computer screen because that is yep. not easy to pronounce. And it's got a Patreon uh, that you can ah. that you can join, and essentially it's a very in depth set of mods for Assetto Corsa. Um, and it, oh, I, I I I don't actually own it. I only learned about it very recently because of an Empty Box video. Uh, Empty Box is like an old school iRacing YouTuber that's been around for years and years and years and um, went on like a hiatus for a while. And now he's back and he's and he, he did a video on uh, Shutoku Revival Project and it just looks Sorry, it absolutely gorgeous. Shutoku Revival Project. <laughs> good, and good. it just it looks gorgeous, just like um, just like uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero did, by the way. Um, also, Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero games have some of the best intro videos of all time because you know back in the day ps1 ps2 right. era it was all about that intro video so you pop the disc in, yeah, exactly and you get yeah. the the cgi cinematic that plays and it, was, like the game. it gets exactly it looked nothing like the game and in fact the the uh the pre-rendered scene at the beginning of tokyo extreme racer zero i think somebody's done like a 4k ai upscale on it and wow. it still looks like crap compared to like Forza Horizon 4 <laughs> in-game graphics, if we're honest. Like, it yeah, has, but at the time, it was absolutely gorgeous. And it was one of the big selling points of it. Um, it also just had a great kind of like, um, there was this music that would play when you would challenge a rival by f- flashing your headlights at him and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it really set the mood really, really well. And um, there's actually a nice. Corvette, by the way, I believe in the opening cinematic wow. for Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero, like a, a modified West Corvette. West is like a, modif- a modification company oh, here in yeah, the US. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, nice. there's a West modified Corvette, C5 Corvette, I believe, with a huge wing. Um, but yeah, if, if you've never heard of Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero, yeah. just watch this the opening cinematic later on. It's it's cool. it's well worth it. But what I'd like to All do right. is actually try out Shutoku Revival Project at some some point in the near future because it sounds cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I hope they get yeah. their backing to do that and it's all legal with the Azeta Corsa engine, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but, but, oh, that's that's a really good one. So we've got two Japanese themed games so far, and just very quickly, both, especially yours, Justin, reminds me of a chap called Smoking Nagata. Now, if you've not heard of him, if you listen to the podcast, listen to him another time. He did tune Jap. He still does a company that do tune Supras and Skylines and stuff. And he drove at night on the streets of Tokyo at high speed. And in fact, he came to the UK and got arrested for doing 200 miles an hour on our motorways. Very famous story. So check it out. Well worth a watch. But anyway, moving away from the Japanese theme, or maybe not, we'll find out. John Munro, Mm -hmm. would you like to enlighten us all with a hidden gem, please? I am going to save my best hidden gem for later. I'm going to go with my second vote uh, at the moment. So this is John's second best hidden gem. (laughs) Yeah, I've already ruined it for for this particular game. Uh, What what did you guys say your years were? I think the first game was, what was Ultimo Delista? Oh, two. two. And then the second one was was 01. Oh, one, yeah. Yeah, and you guys were saying it was showing your age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my game is from 2002. And oh, is, oh is, here we go. It is uh, a game that... for racing games. I've spoken to Tom <laughs> about this game. I don't know if I've spoken to you about this, Justin. Um, okay. But some of you who probably... You're probably more likely to have played this game if you were, I guess, my age growing up. Uh, it was the perfect game for like a young racing fan to get into. Uh, and that's a game called Total Immersion Racing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, indeed. I'm, indeed. I don't need to Google that one. I'm on board. I just typed in total, and it was the first result. But no, it's not immediately <laughs> ringing a bell for me. So all, all, I think I got this game really cheap back in the day as well. Like I, w- I must have been like, well, yeah, how old was I? Six when this game came out. And I remember it was cheap even when it was yeah. released. I mean, I know video games have gone up in price hugely in the recent years. But um, yeah, this was a cheap game. And I remember didn't really have any expectations for it. Even as an excited six-year-old who loved ra- racing games, I wasn't expecting this to be amazing. But I got so much love, so much time out of this game. Basically, it's a GT Endurance-style racing game. Um, where you have a bunch of different classes and you can work your way up through the career mode and sign for different teams, right? And you think that's, for, for a game of 2002 that was felt like 
re- relatively low budget. It was not like it's Gran Turismo or something like this or Need for Speed. Yeah. Um, it felt like it had a lot of depth to it. And the, the best thing about this game is the car list. You know, I think the, the first GT class, and I might get this wrong in terms of my, my facts here, but the first GT class contained like a BMW M3 race car. It contained a Noble M12 GTO. It contained a Quaife, which is a really rare racing car. That is a obscure job. British GT. Yeah, yeah, they, they make gearboxes now, Quaif. Um, and they, they yeah. always did make gearboxes, but they made, built a car, uh, which was a GT car. And then as you move up through the classes, you get into GTS, which was, I think, the equivalent of what GT1 was in real life. So you have the McLaren F1 long tail. You have a Centura, which is just amazing. I think you had the front engine panels, Esperante as well. Yeah, that's another um, obscure one there, John. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's why it's so good because the, these GT yeah. cars are absolutely magic cars that people would. I'd love to have them redone in a modern game, but this game had it, and the fictional circuits on the game were incredible as well. So many, so many classics that I would just ah. love to revisit. Were they all fictional uh, tracks, or were there some real I, tracks as well? I think there were some real ones in there as well because Rockingham's in there, mm. so there were a few real ones. But and Silverstone, right. I believe, as well. Um, but there were a bunch of fictional ones as well, which were just absolutely amazing. I also should mention they had an LMP class too, with your Audi R8, your Bentley, a Speed 8, basically like the kind of early 2000s Le Mans era, late 90s, which I've talked about too many times on these podcasts because it's my favorite, one of my favorite years of racing. But yeah, that game was phenomenal. And, and it was actually the game I learned to do manual gears on a, on a keyboard at the time. It's oh, when I used really? to play it. And wow. it was, yeah, it drove really nicely on the keyboard for the time. I'm not going to play it nice. again now because I don't want to ruin that, you know, yeah, stigma. I know what you mean. But it was amazing great fun just justin have you uh played this before or heard of it or uh, it's yeah, not, it's not jogging it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not jogging my memory immediately yeah, it was pretty obscure i wonder if yeah. it was only pal, pal release you know but um i i may have like played it at a friend's house or something like that i i probably didn't rent it or own it but i may have played it at a friend's house at some point potentially they had some it cool was uk developed well. It was UK yeah. developed as well, by the way. So yeah, it may have been more prominent well, in the UK than in the US. Yeah, because I think the Centura and the Quaife were British GT specific cars. I looked up so the Quaife GT one, by the way, and it is a good looking car. You're right; it's almost yeah. like a XJ twenty modernized a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, it's got also the kind of like drive. long. Oval. It's front wheel. Yeah, four wheel, four wheel drive, four wheel. It's four Which wheel. Is still drive. weird. Yeah. Wasn't the XJ two twenty initially planned to be four wheel drive? Did somebody yeah. defect from Jaguar to, to Quave to make, to make that car? Because it, it almost seems like an XJ220 or what the XJ was supposed to be. Right. They kind of combined a few cars from different classes into the same thing. So they had like the DTM Audi TT in there as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, kind I of saw that. There's like an M- yeah, there's like a BMW yeah. I saw. Yeah. Yeah, they did a collection of different things, and they also had some amazing unlockable cars. So in the in the LMP class, for example, there was the Panos LMP as well. So you had the front-engined uh, Panos, which was such a famous car, beautiful car, amazing yeah. in video games. They also had like an unlockable. They had a Lister Storm uh, LMP car, which was unlockable. They had a Pill Beam LMP, and they also had a single seater. Once you got to the end of career mode, sorry if I've spoiled anyone who's been playing that game recently. Um, <laughs> I, but you, I never yeah, knew that. Amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So much. That. So what, much. What sort of single seater was it? Uh, it was just like a, I think it was kind of based on like a cart kind of car um, at the time. Right. It felt it felt like a, it felt like you know the kind of car that would be like a demo car for people to come and try and experience Formula One, but not really Formula One, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I might be wrong on that, but I think it was kind of based loosely on like cart era. Um, but that that game was just so much fun. It actually came out on PC, PS2, and Xbox as well. So it was right. I tried it on the PC when I was younger, but it, it clearly got out there and i'm sure some of you watching this i'm sure mm. someone at least have played this game and will know what i'm maybe talking not. about <laughs> maybe it's just maybe me not. and you john maybe not. <laughs> i certainly i picked it up cheap on the playstation 2 back in the day and it was one of those where i didn't get it when it was new i got it used from a from a shop you know for like two pounds oh, i had some trading credit oh well this has got cars <laughs> in it and i actually quite enjoyed it yeah because i remember the bentley le mans car the audi dtm car they were really cool I seem to remember some track. It was either Suzuka or it was like it, but not quite. That sticks in my brain in this in this um, for this game. But yeah, an interesting one, very obscure. And I would love a modern day sort of GT class car racing game that isn't just like GT three and GT four, but has some of the classic stuff and some of the modern stuff. Classics, all of it. Yeah, yeah. In. yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, actually, we've got an article on the Traction GG website of what racing games we'd like to see, and in that. Someone suggested the BPR series, which was yes. just before mm. FIA GT. And this game, I don't think it has those cars, but it's similar and close. And 
It was a bit it's off. That I think era. this game came out just after. Yeah, yeah the BPR series right, were, okay. were the kind of, I guess, the first models of any. You know, when when mm-hmm. the manufacturers didn't really know how to make the most of GT1 Rex, and yeah. there was all these cars right. that that were really quite bad, um, but so exciting and unique and and, and fast as well because yeah. it's so much power. So no, it was good. A really good era. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So we've got two sort of Japanese themed picks and one that's very uh, British as well. So I'm going to move things on to something that's Italian. So we're getting all the, Ooh. maybe in the past people used to do games that were sort of region specific. I don't know. Now this game is so obscure that I'd like to both do a very quick Google, but then we'll just sort of discuss it because there's not much out there. There isn't, there, the Wikipedia entry for the game has like two sentences and the sequel doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. All right. <laughs> and it's not that old. It's not that old. It's from 2009. And it was called Superstars V8 Racing. So have a quick Google, and then, then we'll have a quick <laughs> discussion about it. But this is by Milestone, the Italian developer who now does the official MotoGP games, the official like Supercross and MXGP games. Oh, we know them well at Traction. Oh, yeah, we know them well. <laughs> We've got reviews and articles and videos for all these games. We've also got um, a Hot Wheels branded game coming out later this year. And, but before all that, they did this little obscure touring car game which focused on the Superstars V8 series, which was an Italian touring car series at the time, which was trying to sort of ape DTM, but with sort of less success and less 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 budget. So have either of you heard of this or played this game? John yes. Smiling. No. John, no. Yes, I have. Not, I, not yeah, even a little. That was like, the great thing about that is that was an instant, like I would never would have remembered that game and you've just unearthed it for me. I bought this game <laughs> as... The same. If you remember, if you listen to the Formula One podcast uh, last week, we I talked about this particular game shop I went to in my local city, Inverness, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I remember picking mm-hmm. up this game, uh, Superstars V8 Racing, along with three other racing games on one of these buy nice. four games for fifteen quid or something. You know the the nice. games that have just been thrown nice. in the bin and no one wants. Which is the and I took price it home. And I specifically <laughs> remember a lot of the tracks on it. I knew a little bit from like the Superbike games and stuff. They had stuff like um, yeah. Portimao was on it. They had Vallelunga, I'm pretty sure, Mizano, all these kind yeah. of places. Uh, and I remember specifically liking the game because the cars were mega. The tracks were a lot of tracks I'd never driven before in other games because they're quite obscure yep. Italian tracks a lot of the time. Um, but also, mm. it felt like a car version of the Superbike game in that era to me, yeah. which yeah, I did not know it was Milestone. Yeah. So that, but like, yeah. it, it's funny how that kind of ties in in the future. But um, yeah, th- that was a cool game. The cars were magic, and we just they just kind of disappeared, and they're so obscure. So I, I love that pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe one day I'll go back and revisit it and fill in the Wikipedia entry for it. I don't know. But the is it like the supercars from Australia, but ten years oh, ago? Oh yes, basically. That's a better compa- yes, right. They were trying to combine DTM and V8 supercars into yeah. one Italian series. And so, oh. yes, good point to, to raise that. It was a real-life series, and this is an officially licensed game. Um, so Germany although, plus Australia equals Italy. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that. I did not right. know that. <laughs> right. yeah, I learned that in school, Justin. It's just simple maths. Really. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is why a lot of the tracks are Italian, because it's kind of an Italian series. But in real life, they tried to mm-hmm. expand the popularity. So Kyalam is in there in South Africa as well. They actually went yes. there oh, and fought him out, cool. which you mentioned. So there's actually some interesting tracks. And the key was, oh. of the time, with a controller, I've got to stipulate that, the handling of the cars was very good. So the game Agreed. itself was quite basic, but the gameplay was good. And the mm-hmm. sequel added these cool wet track effects where it almost looked like there was a dry line. You know, if it had rained and then worn out. Now, the physics of the game didn't replicate that at all. Right, but it looked really good in terms of wet weather on the track, and I was like, "Wow, this is the future." Um, what also made it a bit more scroll, especially for you, Justin, was I think only the sequel was available in America, and it was only a, as a download. Whereas in Europe, it was available physically. We had two games, but even then, it wasn't popular over here. It was. It was. It was I would imagine scroll. as well. It, it probably looked like a knockoff NASCAR game to right. the American yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, we already have a huge V8 racing series, so yeah. why would we? Why would exactly. we need this one? So yeah, I would exactly. imagine easily overlooked. And again, I, I yeah. a lot of renting happened for me with the PS1 yeah. and PS2 era, and you can't and- download. Yeah, and that one doesn't really seem like one that would be available to rent no, in wasn't. the store anyway. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so. Um, so- 
for me, it was the kind of game. That, so, like, I agree with you, Tom. I think the the driving physics were really good in it for its time yeah, with were. the controller. Yeah, I were. remember specifically thinking this, and again, it's another like era of car where I'd love to drive those in a really modern sim and see what the cars felt like. Right. I think the issue for me, from memory, that I didn't really, I didn't play it for too long because it didn't really have any depth to it. I don't think no, the there's nothing to it. Career, yeah, there was just yeah. it was just like you do a bit of racing against some AI. It's pretty cool, um, but there didn't it didn't feel like I was part of a story or anything, which is kind of why I went off yeah, it. But it I did just, get a few good few days out of it. Yeah, exactly. It was affordable as well. Uh, I don't think it was ever full price from new. And the sad thing is that series in real life folded as well a few years after. So you know, yeah. you, you don't mm. hear about it anymore. You don't. Um, also, it was an officially licensed game of the series, so it had the drivers and the tracks and the cars, except. The Chevrolet and the Chrysler cars, they didn't have the license for. So I'm going to check my notes here. They were called the Cluster and the Barricade. Yes. Which was which was hilarious. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. There were some good drivers, right? There was some, re- some reasonably... I mean, there was a lot of obscure Italian touring car drivers and people that we necessarily yeah. wouldn't have heard of much. But I think there was a few big names in there. Ex-Formula 1 drivers. Uh, Gianni Morbidelli, who was an, uh, yeah. who drove for Sauber once. Uh, he, he drove the series at the time. From a touring car side, Fabrizio Giovanni was in it uh, for a bit, although not in these games. Um, Johnny Herbert drove in it, a Maserati in it for one oh. season. Yeah, there's yeah. some some random people did appear. Oh, Vitantonio Liuzzi as well. Um, yeah, yeah. But not, again, not in this game. So sort of if you finished Formula 1 for a bit, you sort of went to drive for this series for a year a bit and right, right. messed around in the <laughs> midfield. Yeah, and final point I guess I'd say on this is if you're into your achievements or trophies, you could get the Platinum Trophy or PlayStation, all the achievements on Xbox side within about two, three hours. And almost I felt like it was a marketing exercise. All right, we've got this budget game for this series no one cares about. But there are people that love the achievements and the trophies. Let's make it really easy. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. So there was that. So cool. That, so that was that one. So we've got um, four games down. Hopefully people listening have heard of it. Or if not, these games, they've uh, searched around. So it's on to you, Justin. Do you have another hidden gem for us? And is it Japanese? No, it's not Japanese. This no. Time. Actually, yeah, I, 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 well, I know I'm pretty confident it's not Japanese. I don't actually oh, know. I'll, I'll, have, I'll look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But I can tell you that it's the first one not from the 2000s. Because so far we're, oh, we're we're that's good. we're batting a thousand when it comes yeah, to picking games between <laughs> 2000 and 2009. So um, I'm not going to deviate far from that decade, though. My uh, my second one is from 1999, uh, specifically <laughs> June of 1999. So yeah, it's only just inside the right. 90s by about six right. months or so. Um, but it is Driver One. So when you Google it, put in the number one what? after it. So drive Driver One. Uh, it's is not coming up with anything wanna... for me. Here we uh, go. Oh, there. Uh, no, it's coming up with the game called Driver. Yeah, Driver so... parentheses video game Wikipedia. Yeah, single player. Oh, it's just called uh, Driver. Also known as Driver colon You Are the Wheelman. <laughs> <laughs> In North America, I know the game. That's right. Yes, In North America, because yeah, nobody else would ever say that ever. <laughs> you are um, the Wheelman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually weirdly. Um, I've never looked into it. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it for a while until you know you you mentioned this this podcast uh, and what we were going to be talking yeah. about and stuff. And I was like, oh right, and and it, and I immediately went back and I remembered a whole bunch of things about it. But also, I've forgotten a lot of things about it as well too. So I'm gonna no, I'm gonna is, do my best here. This is a good um, one. One thing I can tell you though is it reminds me a lot of Wreckfest in terms of the speed and the cars. So there's a lot of big, heavy 70s and 80s American rear-wheel drive cars. They're not good cars. They're not, they're not even fast cars, but they're rear-wheel drive and Larry as all hell. The back end, you know, it's on leaf springs or whatever, so the back end just does whatever it wants. And it takes place in, I thought I was right on this, but I had to, I did have to look it up. Uh, it takes place in multiple cities. Um, it was, I believe, San Francisco, Miami, Los Angeles, and New York. So you get four different backdrops for you, basically. Um, and yeah, you get a variety of cars. So I remember there was one car that was like sort of reminiscent of a, Sever- uh, a Chevrolet Chevelle. Um, there's, there was like taxis and stuff like that, like old Buicks and, and that kind of stuff. Again, when you think of seventies and eighties rear wheel drive American cars, you're thinking of the right stuff in this game. Um, and it was a lot of like challenges and storyline and stuff like that. And like, it was really, really blocky and it was PS one. So yeah. 
if yeah, yeah. if you're playing along at home and you're looking up and you're you're going, oh, well, man. this looks a it's lot rough. worse than the other games I've looked up so far. <laughs> that's why it's because it's on the PS One, so, so it's the, really really old. Just to be clear, just yeah, this go is, ahead. yeah, it's just I think we just knew it as Driver over here in Europe, and there was like mm-hmm. a Driver Two, there was a Driver Three, which was Drive Three Year. It had a weird three Driver mm-hmm. you know. Three year. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so here's the question for you then, Justin. Did anyone mm-hmm. ever pass the tutorial in the car park at the beginning? That for me was the hardest thing I've ever done in a video I did. games. Oh, I did. Man. I I remember spending impossible. hours at my friend Mike Baba's house. Uh, he, Mike Baba and I have not talked in in decades. There's no way he's listening to this, so he will not mind well. that I am mentioning his name. <laughs> but I was at Mike Baba's house in like 1999 or whatever, probably that summer of 1999, because I remember I was hyped about that game. Um, this was one that I owned. I owned this game, and I think he did too as well. Um, and yeah, I think it was like a sleepover situation. You know what I mean? Like I stayed yeah. over one Friday night or Saturday night, and we just played the hell out of that game and just absolutely beat it and i i don't remember so i think i assume it's american based on the locations and the cars and everything like that i'm assuming that it's that it's american but i don't know it just lacks some of the so i would say what it captures is the same thing that wreckfest captures which is the it's not quite a sim it's not quite arcade it's somewhere in between um, it's not really a racing game. I don't really remember going head to head a lot. I remember no, there was, was a lot very, of very, um, very single player. Um, yeah, there was a lot of missions where you had to follow someone, right? It is afar, single player. Not get yeah. too close. There's no split screen and PS1, obviously, there was no LAN or online or anything like yeah. that. So it's ex- ex- only single player, the, the first game. And I didn't really play uh, Driver 2 and 3 all that much. I did play Driver San Francisco. Um, and I actually yeah. brought it up in a conversation with you guys one time, but I thought it was Test Drive San Francisco because I was so discombobulated with with games <laughs> at the time. But Driver San Francisco was that also kind of neat. Well. It was, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You could like teleport from car to car as you were driving, which just made it just added an interesting mechanic to it. <laughs> but staying on yeah. topic, Driver One, I think that's a prime candidate for a remaster. I would you, uh... drop. 60 bucks on that so fast. Yeah, same. Have you played it, John? Or is it a bit, I, bit I too old? Or... I haven't played it. And thank goodness, Justin, you didn't rent this game because imagine being stuck in a tutorial the whole time while you were renting it. That would not ah, be good. Yeah, um, I do oh, have man. a spanner to throw in the works, though. I, yeah. I The Driver series, I've heard of the Driver series. I looked this game up yeah, and yeah. I, um, I recognize the cover. I recognize the follow-up games. So right. what is it about this game, Justin, that for you makes it a hidden gem specifically? It was like the it was almost like the location and stuff and just like the the way it handled and it's it's really tough to explain but it was very different from anything so obviously Go the ahead. the dominant racing game title at the time for PS1 was Gran Turismo um which I I played shortly after it came out and I didn't even own a console I actually got my parents to rent me a PS1 and Gran Turismo for my birthday one year. Wow. Uh, and that was my first experience with Gran Turismo. And then, yeah, I ended up getting a PS1 not that long after with Gran Turismo. Played the crap out of Gran Turismo 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, all of the... I was I was very loyal. But Driver was so different. Um, because Gran Turismo was Japanese yeah, was. car heavy, being from Japan. Driver mm-hmm. was American... And, and again, it was much slower. You know, you never got up above like 85, 90 miles an hour, much like a 70s yeah. or 80s Amer- American car could do if we're honest. <laughs> they, were, they weren't like 120 mile an hour machines or anything. So, um, but yeah, it was just the, it was oversteery like Wreckfest as well while being forgiven, forgiving. So, um, yeah. you know, you could drift in Gran Turismo, but you often had to pick the right setup pick the right car, pick the right tires, you know, adjust the tune. And then you could have a car that drifts in Gran Turismo. Driver was out of the box, ready to, you know, ready to get sideways. And again, it definitely, it felt like Wreckfest. It had that heavy sort right. of uh, feel to it. But at the same time, it felt like the the tires had no grip, which of course they wouldn't back then. You know, the tires <laughs> yes. would have absolutely no grip yeah, at yeah. all, which is why the cars were locking up and skidding all the time. It wasn't because they were exceptionally powerful. It's just because the tires were terrible. So, um, but yeah, I think it just harkens back to a, a simpler time where it it wasn't even, I don't even really remember races, but I remember like driving through narrow alleyways and, you know, the yeah, boxes yeah. are going flying like it's a, like it's a Hollywood movie. You know, if you've ever... Episode. 
if you've ever seen Ronin or uh, Blues Brothers or something like that, it's like it's like that the video game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just so pure and 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 simple and. You know, it did have that really, really hard tutorial, but at the same time, you know, it was fun to fail, I guess. I don't know. But again, yeah, yeah. but basically it, it just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a game that re- required you to beat the clock or to beat other people. Well, I guess you had to beat the clock, but the challenges and stuff like that, and just the, the loose nature of it, the storyline, stuff like that. It was just so simple and right. pure. Again, it really reminds me of Wreckfest actually a lot. In a lot cool. of it was mission based stuff, wasn't it? it was, I wonder you know, if they're it wasn't related. I haven't, yeah, no, it was I'm all sure, open but... world in a city and stuff, yeah, which was yeah. great, yeah, which was really ahead of like Grand Theft Auto at the time. Um, I think it was by developed by Reflections in the UK of all of all places. And I'm mm-hmm. actually gonna pick you up on something here, Justin. I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw you off the podcast. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> you see, the thing is, in Europe, that game was massively popular, so therefore. It wasn't very hidden, but obviously in America, <laughs> well, it's, it's forgotten it's about now, yeah, especially the series. Yeah, I would absolutely. say, yeah, completely forgotten about, True. completely abandoned, and it's so and unfortunate that's as well. Yeah, yeah, because, like you say, there were some there were some dodgy ones in the middle of that series. The first two were there great. Were. There was some, the final one, Parallel Lines, was re- was really good, as you mentioned. There, like switching between the cars was really weird, and it, I think it's a big shame that it, it doesn't exist anymore. It's it's true. Yeah. All right, so John Monroe, take the stage. What's your final sort of main hidden gem for this particular episode? Well, in the words of Rebecca Black, got to have my bowl, got to have cereal. Now, there is what? a game. What? Is that? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And that, that can. No. Um, there is a game that um, I don't know if you've ever played this, Tom, or heard of this, but uh, you could get this game from buying a certain brand of cereal in your local supermarket. This was not what? a game you would just buy in the shops. This is a game that came as a disc within a cereal box. And I'm sure many people so it's, it's, listening... It's hidden because it's literally hidden inside the It's literally box. hidden inside of... Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can say the brand of cereal, but I think it'll become very clear in the name of the game because the game okay. is called Frosty's Grand Prix. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you heard of as this? As in, they're great. I've not yes. heard of this game at all. Right. I'm Googling I, I, it now. Listening. Someone Grand... listening is going to know what I'm talking about. Someone is listening is going to know what I'm talking about. I don't, so, I don't believe you. There. This... I cannot I cannot spell this out for you carefully because there's a lot of R's, but it's like Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> this game came in four parts, four discs, and was available oh, if you buy a certain type of cereal, which it becomes apparent when you name the, the game. Right? You guys sorry, laugh. Sorry, you guys sorry. laugh. Okay, came laugh away. Parts. It came in four, four parts, so you had cereal. to buy four boxes of cereal and hope that they were the different parts, right? Oh so, like, you could buy you could buy four boxes of cereal and you could get four of the same disc, but then you could trade them with your mate who also ate the same cereal, right? And the way it works is each part of the of the game would uh, each disc, sorry, there was disc one, disc two, disc three, disc four. Each one would unlock a different amount of tracks that you could drive. Okay, so uh, I should explain this game is based on Formula One. Okay, it uses the physics from Ubisoft's Monaco GP Racing Simulation 2, which is a game from 1998. Oh, all right, uh, I'm and, now. Yeah, yeah, this is no joke. This is a serious, serious podcast and a very serious game. Oh, right? okay. They, sorry, sorry, sorry. If you, uh, so, so they had the Formula One tracks um, from real life. So maybe disc one, you'd have uh, Albert Park, you would have Hareth, you know, you would have oh, Imola, right. whatever the tracks were. And then you'd unlock part two, you would get Spa and Monaco and Mangikur and all these places, okay? Uh, there was also game modes that you could unlock uh, with more discs. So if you had two discs, you'd unlock the scenarios mode, which would give you certain scenarios. You would be racing in the rain with eight laps to go and you'd have to overtake three people on wet tires or you had a puncture and you had to get it around to the end of the lap. It also had a career mode, which you could play. Uh, and it had classic tracks and classic cars, which you would unlock if you had all the games. So there was like a classic version of Spa and you could race around there in like a 50s F1 car. Now, I am not joking I you. This you. was <laughs> an incredible game, right? The physics of this, back in the day, so this was 2003, I think. So it was a little Three, bit, okay. Yeah. It was, by this point, it was five years out of date, the physics engine, or four years out of date. But I'm telling you, you, this was one of the best games available at the time, and you had to just buy the cereal to get it. It was honestly so good. You could actually customize the driver names and the team names. So what would happen oh, is right. you had a certain team that were like red 
and I would always pretend they were Ferrari. So I would rename them the drivers right. of a certain season. So the cars looked like 97 F1 cars, 98 F1 cars. And I would, I would put the Ferrari drivers from the 97, 98 season into the game. I would do the same for all these different teams. I think there was like 12 or 13 teams. Um, and then what you could do is when, when you drive, you, you would have the, the real life F1 graphics from the late 90s. Um, and you could basically recreate an entire F1 career in this game. Like genuinely, because you can change driver names. So as right. you move to the you next season, you can it. yeah, exactly, exactly, and then you can save your career modes and races, and you can even spectate AI races. So for me, this was like an alternate universe Formula One game where I could recreate an entire career of Formula One, all the teams, all the drivers, <laughs> do my own driver changes, and this all came from a box of Kellogg's Frosties, a box of cereal, a wow. box of cereal. It's not that it's not even that expensive, and you but you said it was four discs total, four discs, yeah. Was so it, say you had to buy, was eight, it like? Eight, uh, so did they release all four at the same time and then you had to just keep buying cereal until you happened to get all four yeah or did they do like chance, this right? month is yeah, yeah. okay no okay. i think i mean i don't get don't quote me on this because i i do not know the facts for this i remember it as a kid um but i believe that they released all four discs and then so you could start with disc three you know that could be the first disc you owned and i think i did, did you start trade? with disc three did you trade with yes. people at school? So would you be like, hey, I got disc two. You that's exactly. spare disc two. You give me your right? disc three. Okay. I, I had okay. a friend who wasn't even into car racing and uh, he he had two of the discs I needed for the Frosties game. So we did some trading uh, and it built up the collection. You installed <laughs> them all one by one. And I, But the reason I, honestly, for anyone that's played this game, I'm sure they can back me up in this. It may not hold up well now, but the physics of this game and the mechanics on a keyboard were as good as anything else hmm. back in the day. Like this was a high level game that had been rebranded to be in a, in a cereal box. And I'm telling you, for, for the price of... You know, maybe, okay, 10 bucks of cereal, but you also get your money's worth because you get the cereal. So effectively, it's free mm -hmm. if you love cereal, uh, if you know what I mean. This game was really high quality, customizable, hours and hours and hours of fun in my childhood. It even had a damage model, it had punctures. Wow. You know, you could run over something, get a puncture, and you could see it, and you'd have to drive back with it. Pit stops, you could do full 100% races, uh, everything. It was phenomenal. That's so effectively, this is the first ever video game that's bad for your teeth. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, I've never heard of it, so that is truly, truly hidden. And also, it seems like the early days of loot boxes where you couldn't, you, you, you didn't know what version you were going to get. Can I ask if you put in disc three loot cereal put, boxes? Or did you have to have disc one for it to work? I don't no, know. No, 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 no. So, no, you, you, these are okay. effectively four parts of the game that you can unlock. They happen to have numbers so to make it easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, they're not sequential. I I disc three. Gotcha. No, not sequential right. on the calendar. So I, I disc three, and it unlocked tracks like two, seven, nine, and twelve, or whatever they were. They might have been Monza, which, which, Silverstone. Uh, which was the best disc? You got to tell me one disc was the best <laughs> that you played well, more than the others. Which was it? For well, no, because because once I so as you add to the collection, it just adds to the previous game. So for me, the best thing to unlock was the fourth disc because. It, I thought the game had. I thought I'd rinsed everything out of this game, and I was spent like months oh, hoping to get this game. disc. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So you add them together, and that creates the gotcha, full calendar. Gotcha, gotcha. So when you gotcha. install the fourth gotcha. disc, it unlocks two extra teams, so two new liveries, and it also unlocks oh. the vintage classic modes. Um, so for me, and the final tracks to be able to do a full season. So for me, like I think Albert Park was the first round of the season that year, and it got added with my final disc, and then I could do a proper F1 season. And I'm and I'm not joking you. This was phenomenal. Like, and you know, we talk about them early loot boxing, and you have to oh yeah, I have to buy all four discs, and it's luck which one you get. But it's basically it's a free object within another item. It's like getting a, yeah. a meal deal and getting a free toy with it. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and what you got was a video game that was stood up to any big big full price. Video game phenomenal i i guess Wowzers. they could do that now with like codes like they put they put the code inside the box to redeem and then eventually you, yeah, you redeem enough codes to unlock all the all the content or something it's not the worst idea now that i've now that i've understood how it works because because you're right yeah if you're going to be buying cereal anyway you might as well buy the one that you know gives you access to the game that you want to play or whatever or unlocks more content for that game or whatever absolutely not, well not that bad that, actually that, that tops it so we're not going to give awards, but uh, you've you've won. That should have been on uh, our I racing know. strategy uh, podcast as well, too. We should have discussed it there. That uh, is, yeah, the price I, strategy, I, uh, how much uh, cereal was. <laughs> you didn't need to tell me I'd won there, Tom, because I just knew it. I just knew it. That, oh, okay, this game cannot be beaten. This game cannot be beaten. <laughs> so, uh, obscurity, listen, we've, no. we've, we've gone on a very, very long time here, and we've each covered a couple of games. But just quickly, before you jump in or say anything, Justin, did you have any other honorable mentions, yes or no? Yeah, so I picked a third one no, 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 uh, that popped into just, my head randomly. 
Oh, all right, so you've got another one to quickly talk about. Oh, all right, okay, fair enough. Anrush. And, and yep. John, have you got some more that you were going to quickly mention? Yes or no? Very. Yeah, a couple, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, so you've each going to – I'm going to give you each 30 seconds to tell me. Just okay. you've only got one, so you have to talk about Onrush. And John, you've got 30 seconds to read off your list of honourable mentions. Is that okay? Because <laughs> otherwise we can go on for six weeks. So I'm just going to get a timer Correct. ready. Are you ready? Okay, Justin, yep. you're going to go first. Your start. Yep. Your time starts now. I love the aesthetic of Onrush. Right away, when you see like the trailer and the pictures and all that kind of stuff, you can tell it's wild. It's crazy. It's got the characters and stuff like that. It's super cool. And also, it's not a racing game, technically. It's just a game where cars are going around and you're fighting each other. And it's so different from your traditional ra- your racing game. The only reason I didn't play more of it was because it wasn't Five, on PC. Four. If it was on PC, oh. I would have played it 200 hours. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, well done. That was good. And yes, that is a recent hidden gem. I would completely agree with you. So, fair play. Uh, oh, shame it was overlooked. That team did go on to make Dirt 5, so they're still employed, and now they're on by EA, so we'll see what, see what happens in the future. All right. John Monroe, are you ready? Your time cool. starts now. Okay, Richard Burns Rally would have been an honourable mention, but I think it's been unearthed by everyone, so that doesn't no longer is a hidden gem. EA Formula One manager from 2000 on PC, a great manager Ooh. F1 game. You could sign drivers from other teams. It was all officially licensed. You could buy different engines. You could sign engineers. You could sign team owners, everything like that. It was incredible. Get Luca Bedore in a minority up to the top of the grid. Final mention is a game that was mentioned earlier in this podcast, and that is Art of Rally. Now, I think this is a future hidden gem. It depends if people actually see it and, and play it more, but... Genuinely, Art of Rally is such a fun arcade game. It's different to anything else, and I love it. <laughs> right. Very well done. That was three games in the 30 seconds. Fair play. I agree with Art of Rally. I love it. Um, it is hidden for now, but hopefully they make some console ports later this year, and then, and, then, and then it becomes unhidden. Then it just becomes a mm-hmm. gem, I guess. Unearthed. Anyway. Unearthed. Unearthed. <laughs> right. So that's it for this week's Traction Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, Justin and John, for their suggestions. If you've got any other hidden gems, by all means, find us on social media. Search Traction GG. Uh, Justin will tweet back if they're good ones or not. We're going to put, like I say, images of these games that we mentioned in the post on the Traction.gg website. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube or follow or subscribe. It's free on your favorite podcast platform. And yes, I need a haircut. See you next week and keep it pinned. Great. Oh. Grand Prix. It's three R's, by the way. I looked it up.